Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. For the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Ah, here we are. It's lovely January somewhere. (laughs) Probably down Rio de Janeiro would be lovely this time of year. (laughs) Yeah, it's not quite as lovely in uh, downtown. Where are we? Concord? Concord. On Pacheco Street? Salvio. Salvio? Mm. We're somewhere around there. (laughs) It's uh, Santos Plaza. Toto Santos Plaza. It's a lovely 53 degrees gray. Overcast, yeah. No Kinda wind show, wet. though. It's, there's no wind, at least. Come on, you got to look on the bright yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. Things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. They yeah. are soggy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, soggy here's like hazy a, sun and 75. Like a pair of underwear after going in the, in the ocean. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Soggy and cold. <laughs> kind of drooping. Mm. Kind of dangling. A little sand in there. Visibility is poor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very poor. Very yeah. poor. You know who has poor visibility? I think John Blickman. <laughs> you know, he needs, he needs, I, he's better at home. I have not tried his glasses on, but I'm imagining, you know... <laughs> I just I think uh he'd probably be blind without him. Yeah, he and I both I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we you, could, you're blessed with, you know, perfect perfect vision, but uh, perfect everything. But you know, yeah. we could put both of you in a room at the next uh at the next uh homebrewers conference. Uh-huh. Take off your glasses and this like <laughs> just watch this kind of spin you around, around and yeah. see which one you can find the uh the door first <laughs> see which one he comes out maybe like, like a cage match of half blind homebrew geeks huh the first one to find the our new show beer wins yeah. <laughs> right yeah the first one to find the beer and drink it wins yeah of course then all your other senses start coming in yeah but then there's you can you know, smell Right, you know? right. They're just like beeline for it. Yeah, the, the alcohol nose. detector would just go on. Put a close pin on your on your nose. I think I think we just have to be sight. So yeah, mm-hmm. we you have to like be able to find the door. Yeah, that could be entertaining. Little camera in there, huh? A whole new reality show. It is. I mean, they got the American Ninja Gladiator thing. This would yeah. be our version. American homebrew gladiator. We get the AHA in on this. Ah, okay. The American homebrewer challenge show. Huh? Huh? (laughs) I think. think Speaking of Blickman, you know, uh, he's uh, making some great stuff. And uh, and, uh, with with that great stuff, uh, uh, they've got, uh, you know, uh, a Riptide pump, I thought was pretty awesome. I, you know, that was yep. the thing I saw at the last uh, conference. I hadn't seen that before. I was just blown away by how clever uh, they had improved a pump. Yeah, all the little bells and whistles incorporated into that. Yeah, it yeah, really I, does a full job. I mean, if you ask me, I'd be just like, oh, no, it's a pump, pumps a pump. Uh, but nope, not for not for the uh, Mister Clever uh, John Blickman. 
And uh, I urge you to check that out and other things on their website. Go to BlickmanEngineering.com. they got all sorts of goodies there and uh, interesting stuff. And speaking of the conference, I'm sure he'll have something new for the conference to show. He always does. Always a re- really cool stuff. Uh, so uh, come to the conference. If you're going to be around Portland, we'll be there. John and I will be there. And, uh, and Blickman will be there. Come and check it out. If you if you see Blickman at the conference, make sure to say hi to him. Say Hey, hey, John Blickman, uh, thank you for sponsoring uh, the Bruce Strong Show. Uh, or you can email you know, email him at feedback at blickmanengineering.com and tell him uh, how much you appreciate it because he enjoys getting those those emails and hearing that uh, his money that he spends on this is not wasted. Yeah. So you probably should mention that's uh, Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine. I know Well, down, down east would be nice, too. Right. But uh, we're going to be... You show up to one or the other. Yeah. Which one are you closer to? What they should do is have like a, you know, two at the same time in cities both called Portland. (laughs) Vid screen, huh? Or in every every city called Portland in the world could. That would be fun. Could have one all at the same time. Let's make that happen, huh? Somebody get on that. Yeah. Portland, Steve, you take care of that. Get on that. Oh, okay. Set that up. Be right on it. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of right on it, you uh, you got your uh, your homebrew gear from Blickman. Yeah. Yeah? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what did he send you? He sent me uh, the 2.0 Brew Easy mm-hmm. setup. So two kettles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're 10 gallons, mm-hmm. 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then a tower power mm-hmm. stand and mm-hmm. the riptide pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. Very yeah. generous. I know. Uh, okay. and so what's, what's keeping you from brewing at this point? Immersion chiller. Immersion chiller. <laughs> <laughs> so got to get yourself I'll, I'll a it. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to. I've been pretty busy with, uh, music stuff though but mm-hmm. i'm planning for hopefully this wednesday i can pick up some stuff and right because there, there is a local shop, shop yeah, yeah there, there is it's right down the street uh it's on geary forget the uh, the name Shit. oh in san francisco <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. right there's right down the street for me one like right down the street from here too yeah, yeah over a few oh, blocks over a few, more beer yeah, yeah. yep um Get yourself uh, some greens. What's the first beer you're going to brew? You've already been thinking about been, that, right? I've been thinking about it, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I kind of just want to do a stout just for stout. stout's sake. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Stout's a good choice. Yeah. Okay. Can hide a lot of mistakes in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just make sure whatever you make is is not, uh, you know, uh, toxic. Or, uh, you know. Don't try to kill anyone. Yeah. I'll right. try not to. Horribly contaminated. Because I, I get a feeling I'm going to have to drink some of these. And yeah. so, uh, just, let's go with that. Okay. You know, like, wash your hands before you start. Oh. oh. Don't take your clothes off. Ah, brewing uh, naked has got to probably be the best thing. You know. The best feeling in the world, Use, no? like, water, you know, from the city-provided water. Not, not like, like water. rainwater on my roof. Not, you know, but out of the free. gutter or something like that. All right. Use ingredients that you buy from the homebrew shop, not things Stuff you find in the dumpster. Oh, well, that okay. goes a lot of I'm my just, plan. Just putting it out there. This is good the, advice, the, the everyone. Yeast, the yeast that you use, again, homebrew shop yeast. Don't, don't be harvesting yeast off of... You know, your body or somebody else's. <laughs> not out of the bathroom. Yeah. Not off of I've been cultivating, man. Something. I've been yeah. cultivating. Yeah, I know. I know. There's probably a, a little packet of Fleischmann's yeast in your cupboard that's, you know, been there for years. You could try that. <laughs> Homebrew shop. Don't listen to John. Homebrew shop. <laughs> Buy some yeast. <sighs> yeah. Keep it simple on your first your first batch, because yeah. well, and the other thing is to uh, just run some water through the uh, through the brew plant. Just do your first batch with just water. Yeah, yeah. Learn how it works. Yeah, learn how that. Just yeah, the set it up. Works. Check for leaks. Check for you know 
just get things heating up and and transferring whatever you need mm. to transfer mm. and just make sure all that works and is done and yeah. then and and then you can just dump the water and start over with making yeah. the beer should i just run like uh like pbw or star sand through the system too uh pbw is not a bad idea uh, a, a light concentration of pbw just get rid of any machining oils yeah. and yeah. you know uh, any sort That's of awesome. uh, stuff um, mm-hmm. run that through there rinse it real well uh, you don't need to sanitize it because um, anything that's touching the hot side is already sanitized through the yeah you don't have to worry about it it's only once it gets cool that you need to worry about contamination Mm. fair enough at least biological contamination (laughs) you know if you're dropping like lsd in there or Mm. um you know some bathroom chemicals or something god knows what you're gonna do who knows are you scared <laughs> a little bit a little, a little bit a little bit yeah i gotta admit <laughs> you're like what have i gotten myself into yeah this could be this could be bad this could be bad oh yeah all right no i i, I think i think we're up to, up for the challenge huh definitely yeah i'm excited <laughs> all right i'm looking forward to that show that'll be a fun one yeah oh, well and, uh, <laughs> just uh <laughs> You know, text me or email me if you if you have any questions or anything, any issues. Uh, for today's show, um, we got an interesting question from uh, uh, Philip. He wrote, uh, "Hi John and Jamel, I would love to hear a Bruce Strong episode on double batching into one fermenter." I hear professional breweries talk about this all the time as a normal process. I'm curious what goes into consideration of what processes would change if you were to put two batches of beer into the same fermenter. Specifically, if I was to brew a five-gallon batch of beer on Saturday and put it into a 14-gallon fermenter, then brew the same five-gallon batch of beer again on Sunday and put it into that same fermenter, when would I pitch the yeast and how much? Does the oxygen need to change, etc.? Thanks. Love the show. Appreciate you guys' support for the hobby. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting Good. idea. Good Good idea, Philip. Um, you know, it's something that uh, we deal with at, at Heretic on a, on a regular basis. Um, the funny thing is, I don't know if I had done it or how many times I had done it as a home brewer. Uh, in the past, if I did it, it was uh, you know just a couple of times at most, and so I've learned most of my stuff on doing it um, on the pro side because we have uh, our brew plant is about thirty five barrels, thirty seven barrels, and our uh, the majority of our fermenters all take four batches to fill, so uh, we're almost always doing multiple batch. Uh, brews um and the uh, so the the reason that it's done commercially so there's there's a lot of things like um you know uh steve was asking about uh you know immersion chiller or plate chiller and a lot of times people say, oh, well, I'll go with a plate chiller because that's what the commercial breweries do. It's like, yeah, but that's done for a reason. Because you can't make a giant coil and stir it in this massive you know, 35-barrel tank. You have to use a plate chiller. And there's disadvantages to a plate chiller when you're, when you're trying to, to brew. And having the ability to use a copper coil and stir it around in your, in your pot is spectacular. But you can't convince people of that. Same thing in brewing your entire wort in one shot. Um, You know, there's advantages to that as well. And, um, you know, as far as pitching your yeast and the temperature and everything being, you know, um, I I guess there's one advantage to doing multiple batches is if you need any correction in your brew, you know, too high gravity, too low gravity, colors off, whatever, you could make those adjustments as well. But the main reason that you do it commercially is it would be ridiculous for me to have a 150-barrel uh, brew plant 
to fill tanks in one batch. It's better to keep the tank the the brew plant running continuously around the clock, so it doesn't cool down in between batches. You know, so you're not wasting energy, you're not having to clean it in between batches. You just keep it running nonstop, and that way, uh, you size your fermenters to and your your brew plant and your brew plant going around the clock. So that's just more much more efficient use of space and. Um, equipment and time and all that and that's why it's done commercially it's not done because it makes better beer it's done for you know economic reasons or you know like the the chiller is done for you know just uh physical reasons yeah Yeah, the scale of things so uh yeah I, i i'm interested to see what we think of uh this for home brewers uh, now that I've, I've had more time uh, on the professional side doing this. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, I want to hear your thoughts about this, John. Will do. All right. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperatures 
temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys brew strong all right we're back you know why this show is always in the afternoon because we don't wake up early uh right well i guess we drink beer yeah that way I'm not drinking in the morning. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it's easier to have a couple of beers after lunch, that's true. Well, yeah, I could I could have lunch, but I'm drinking now. So that's interrupted go. the opportunity liquid, for lunch. Liquid lunch, man. Come on. Right. Uh it worked for the monks. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you if you are uh looking for places to have lunch maybe a liquid lunch or lunch along with some liquid or some you know things like uh you know a copy of brewing classic styles which uh mm. steve is going to need for uh, uh for his uh first brew uh a cool way to find all that stuff and to find discounts on it is to go to the ha uh brew guru app it will show you um, a bunch of places where, as a member, you can find uh, exclusive uh, deals uh, to save money on uh, beer, food, brewing supplies, what have you. And uh, it works really well. I mean, it just you know, where your closest location, you can search for things. It's even got, uh, you know, um, curated uh, articles and a bunch of other stuff in it. And it's absolutely free for AHA members. You should check it out. If you're an AHA member, uh, which you should be, uh, download the Brew Guru app. If you've not downloaded it, go to... Uh, you know the uh, app store or the play store and uh, download it and give it a try uh doesn't cost you anything it's worth the effort of giving it a try and seeing uh where your next discount is going to come it'll save you money enough money to uh, pay for the uh, aha membership so uh you should be getting that all right um on the subject of multiple batching yep we were talking about multiple fills on a fermenter okay so john what's the uh, uh you know what's the what's the deal on this for for home brewers <laughs> and for commercial brewers okay well um as you were saying earlier i mean on a commercial scale uh there are economic you know situations uh, criteria where um you want to keep you know the blue brew plant yeah, brew plant running 24-7 or, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keep it running enough that, you know, you don't have to t- uh, waste time taking it down, cooling it down, then heating it back up. Right. Um, you know, multiple batch, multiple fills to a fermenter is really, that's an issue that almost ex- exclusively uh, affects commercial brewers because of these uh, economic considerations. It doesn't really apply, apply to the homebrew scale. Uh, on the homebrew scale, 5, 10, even 20-gallon batches, um, you can you know, easily 
have you know dedicated equipment to brew that size batch and ferment that size batch in one go. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of the ideal situation because you you've got a homogenous wort, you can aerate the whole wort, um, pitch you know size your yeast pitch to that a batch size, and then and ferment it in one go. Um, it, so that's really the ideal. That's you know kind of like the baseline. When you have when you have to start looking at other factors uh, and do multiple fills, um, now you start introducing more variables into the fermentation, uh, more issues to be aware of. Um, you know, when do you aerate? When when do you pitch your yeast? How much yeast do you pitch? A host of other things like that. So um, there are you know uh, a lot of considerations to be to be thought about. Um, I think, you know, I, your experience uh, will will help inform people on you know what you all do uh, and wh- when you time it. Um, I was looking through uh, a lot of the uh, Master Brewers Association uh, technical quarterly journals, uh, looking for a discussion of this, mm-hmm. and uh, found a real good um, presentation by. Um, uh, guy named uh, Travis Audette who works for Anheuser-Busch uh, InBev mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're they're in the business of making lots of beer and making it efficiently and making it consistently so they had some real good recommendations in uh, that presentation on it mm-hmm. um, I guess you know where, where should we start maybe yeast costs uh, temperature right. control um, well and I would say um you know, for yeah. Well, why don't we talk about um, the impact on um, uh, you know fermentation of doing this? I guess that's the biggest question that the home brewer will have, right? Right. Um, how how does it impact fermentation? And usually, it's like, well, do I pitch all my yeast at the beginning? Do I pitch part of it and then part of it and then part of it, or do I do you know oxygen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I think in terms of looking at the total pitch size for a hundred barrels, mm-hmm. or you know, um, that would be a crap ton of yeast. Um, whereas you maybe start earlier in the process with the first fill, let's say twenty-five barrels, and pitch that amount of yeast, and let that get going. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes in essence a mini starter or a, a major starter, right. uh, and then you can add more work to that and maybe have more yeast. But you know, um, there's a again, there's lots of considerations. How much aeration do you need? Um, how close together are these fills? Right. That's um, that's probably the the biggest factor that's going to affect your other decisions, which is uh, you know how quickly, how rapidly are you filling this this vessel? If you're brewing, uh, you know, one batch, and then you have another batch ready to go into that fermenter in an hour or in two hours. Uh, which is possible commercially because, um, for example, in our uh, brewery, we have a separate mash, a separate louder, a separate kettle, and a separate whir- whirlpool. So our slowest thing is actually loudering. Um, so we can do an extra batch every two hours. Okay. So uh, some breweries will be set up slightly different or they'll have maybe two louders or two pre-run tanks. Sometimes, you know, it depends on what, what their slowest thing is. Uh, and they can get out a batch every hour. In that case, if it's going to take you, you know, four hours to fill up a fermenter, pff, big deal. You just, yeah. you know, treat it like you're brewing it in one batch you put in uh you know all your yeast you oxygenate every batch that's going in sometimes maybe they won't oxygenate the last batch okay Uh, but all your nutrients remain the same and you're kind of pitching for that full volume if on the other hand you can you know, as a home brewer, it's more difficult to do uh, back-to-backs. I've, I did back-to-backs uh, a number of times as a home brewer, and I think it took me an extra... I think I could do it every two hours, I think it was. 
the you know based on vessels because um, I had the uh, I had both louder and boil, and so it'd be two two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. If that's okay. the case, and you're doing a, a double batch, you could get if you could get it all done um, within two and a half hours of each other, or three hours, then. Um, I think again, you could you could still stick with uh, you know the whole volume, yeah. But if pitch. but if it's going to be one of those things where it takes you the next day, like in uh, Philip's uh, uh, question, question, I think um, well then you're now you're going to have to start thinking about well you know what has the yeast done between the batches, right? Right. So uh, it's a matter of growth. And a matter of uh, uh, what phase of fermentation what, they're in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you've, I guess on at, at, one, at one extreme, if they've, if you had pitched and aerated and those yeast take off and start churning out alcohol and now you introduce more aerated wort, um, you could get some oxidation of the alcohols and, you know, get some off flavors that way, mm-hmm. uh, get a high acetaldehyde, um, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a, you know, that, if a day long or 18, you know, a uh, day and a half long gap between, between, uh, firmware fills. Right. Um, so that, that's, that's one possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, so, uh, Let's say we're doing um, a brew one day, and by the afternoon, I've got my word in my fermenter, and then I'm going to brew again tomorrow, and it's going to be about, yeah, see, I don't I don't think you ever want to go past 24 hours, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and a lot of it has to do with um, these growth uh, uh, phases and um, fermentation, how far along into fermentation it is. Um, you could, and I think, you know, because um, there's times when people are adding sugars late in fermentation on big oh, yeah. beers. Um, so it may be possible. I don't know exactly how how negatively that would impact it. Um, but I would say, you know, if you're going to do the next day brewing, I would first... Um, I pitch the correct amount of yeast for the batch that you're doing the first day. And what's going to happen, depending on your pitch rate, um, you're going to get, you know, three or four times as much yeast in there as you will uh, have started with. Um, that yeast, uh, now when you add the second batch in, you're, it's kind of like a new pitch, it's like, kind of like a starter for a new pitch, um, and uh, of this this next whole batch. So uh, it should be enough yeast to do the, the the whole volume. So you don't need to add yeast to the second uh, amount of wort that's added. I would add oxygen. Sometimes people don't. Sometimes people do. It depends. And I say that because generally people are brewing higher gravity beers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd probably add oxygen. If it's a low gravity beer, then maybe not. Right. Yeah. yeah. It depends on so many little factors. You have to kind of experiment and see. And um, you know, that's one of the advantages of commercial brewing is you're brewing the same beer over and over and over and over and over. And you go, okay, well, let's try you know not adding oxygen, or let's cut the oxygen in half, or let's double the oxygen. Yeah. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to, you know, the when one consideration, you, one thing to think about as you're doing this is you want to make beer. You don't want to grow yeast, you know, mm-hmm. per se. So that would be a reason to not add oxygen to that second uh, batch um, to, you know, just introduce more food and hope that your pitch was large enough to have grown some mm-hmm. and have enough nutrients for them to absorb the extra wort coming in a day later right. and uh, without, you know, any, any bumps in the road. Um, yeah, which is certainly possible. Um, 
you know, the amount of oxygen and, you know, sugars added will affect the amount of growth and the amount of yeast that's already there maybe will not result in a lot of growth because there's going to be a higher pitch rate for that. When you add the, so you've got three to four times growth. Let's say you, you pitched the appropriate amount for the first batch. That's right. one, right? And then you've you've doubled the wort, but you've now got three to four times the amount of yeast. So you really won't experience a huge amount of growth unless you really push it with a lot of oxygen. Um, right. So you may do a little less oxygen. What what generally um, you were shooting for, and especially like I said, if it's a lower gravity beer, maybe you're fine not doing any oxygen. If it tends to be higher gravity beer, which a lot of times people um, like to do in home brewing, um, the oxygen could add to the uh, you know the 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 yeast health more than it's adding to the growth. So uh, cell wall uh, pliability, sterile production um, could be uh, you know a reason to uh, oxygenate that second uh, charge of wort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, yeah, it depends. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple ways to to brew, of course, and so yeah, a lot of it's going to, I think, going to depend on your recipe, your yeast strain, your, your timing, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. All these other factors, you know, it could be different permutations of uh, when to pitch in terms of the number of fills, when to aerate, how much to aerate. You know, all of those are variables that uh, can be tweaked to get, you know, any any combination of factors to comp- to produce a good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, all, in other words, you know, you can have uh, multiple paths to, to the same goal. Um, you know, in in going kind of going back to ideal, you know, what we know is that you know, s- single batch, single pitch, single aeration, you know, fermentation, you get you get beer. Mm-hmm. Now, as you start moving away from that, um, you've got to be aware of you know how these different factors play together. Um, temperature control is another area that's uh, very important in terms of you know understanding where in the growth cycle the yeast are as you you know, come up to fermenter full. Mm-hmm. I would think that I mean you know you start out cool at the beginning of the first fill. And make sure that the knockout temperatures of each of the fills are consistent, um, you know, and get good mixing between the fills. You don't want to get any stratification of the word, especially if you're pitching early. Um, you know, you could end up with, with you know, um, high-density wort, you know, at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and fermenting wort on top, and only end up fermenting half the batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially, I mean, you know, and it sounds it sounds extreme, but you know, this this does really happen out there in the world, where you you know, maybe not a complete black and white fifty fifty, but you know, impaired fermentations, incomplete mm-hmm. fermentations do occur. Well, I would think um, you know, the bigger the fermenter. Uh, you know, when you're talking to Anheuser Busch, where they've got these massive, you know, forty foot tall, yeah, hundred foot tall um, fermenters, that that can add to it. Um, and I think you know, the longer you wait before you've added that second batch, um, you know, the more possibility that that upper layer is is lighter and again this this is for commercial brewers where you tend to pump in from the bottom uh with a home brewer you might just you know run a hose into the top and it will pour down and and probably mix fairly well and the fermenters generally are small enough that you could kind of kind of give them a little wiggle and uh you know get this to mix up a little bit right Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. The differences in scale. Um, it's it's relatively easy to mix. You know, get good mixing on. You know, five, ten gallons. Mm-hmm. You know, but when hundred hundred gallons, you know, three hundred gallons. Uh, yeah, now it's harder to get them thoroughly mixed. Now, it kind of brings up a you know a point of uh, you know what about brewing wort, holding it for the next day and then brewing the second wort and then pitching everything the second day. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's almost what I do normally is, you know, I'll wait, I'll generally wait to the next day to pitch just because, um, you know, I, I'm the coolest I can get my work on an average brew day is about 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. So I'll stick it in the fridge overnight, get it down to 65, and then I'll pitch the next day. So if I wanted, I could add another you know five gallons of wort to a 10-gallon fermenter the next day mm-hmm. and mix them and then do my whole uh, pitch uh, then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as your sanitation is good, that works out fine. Yeah, your sanitation's got to be darn near perfect, I, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you do. You have to be diligent that in that. But uh, oh, that's the way I've brewed for the last several years, and I've not had any problems. Yeah, it's just attaching the detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you're saying about uh, you know where you you got to kind of find that sweet spot, you know, and how many fills you intend to do, and what the volumes are. And, uh, you know, how much time that takes mm-hmm. uh, in terms of timing that pitch. I mean, so w- what do you do at Heretic for your 100-barrel batches? Or, yeah, like a 120-barrel firm- fermenter? Well, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Um, first, let me tell you about a sweet spot called Great Fermentations. Ah. You've been there. I've been there yep. in Indiana. Um, great, great people, great place. Uh, they've got uh, uh, some killer stores, uh, homebrew shops. They're clean. They're well-stocked. They're, they're filled with uh, intelligent employees that know uh, pretty much everything there is to know about uh, Blickman products. They've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. You can check them out at greatfermentations.com. Make sure to uh, like them on Facebook, uh, gr8fermentation, and uh, same on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you know, top-notch people, top-notch customer service, and uh, same-day shipping on many items. Uh, good people. Check them out, uh, greatfermentations.com. Uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, I will tell you what we do at, uh, at Heretic right after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of America. American beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops, at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. 
made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Um, you know, if you're if you're pitching yeast in your brewing, not like Porno Steve and uh, picking yeast off his body. Uh, <clears throat> the natural harvest, he likes to call it. Yeah, I think I cultivated uh, some of that in the rare barrels bathroom. <laughs> holiday party. Crawling around on the floor with your clothes off? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, that's what happens. You, you go to a party, you don't tend to your drink. You get roofied. I, I'm, I'm blaming Doc solely. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably... You know, uh, yeah, it's that's what happened. I'm, I can't see. You know, you got to go. It's the whole Occam's razor thing. You got to go with the most logical explanation. That's it. No, yeah. my, my butt did not hurt, Bevo. It did not. Don't no. <laughs> She's trying to go there. Right. Yeah. If your butt hurts, it's an even better indicator. Butter, At this point, indicator. your butt wouldn't hurt. <laughs> well, not now. No, I mean at this point in your life. In my oh, (laughs) and your career path. (laughs) We finally corrupted me. Well done, well played. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I I just I didn't see that coming. You blindsided me with that. Oh, is this a good time to talk about White Labs and the vault? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, you got to visit the vault. You got to check out uh, whitelabs.com slash the vault. Is it the vault? Yes. 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 Slash the vault. And uh, they've added another 20 new specialty strains to that. And your pre-order that you put in uh, goes towards, uh, you know, getting one of those yeasts made. When they reach like 150 uh, orders, they release it. And you can see which yeast is kind of winning the race. And if it sounds good to you, jump on it because these are yeasts that you otherwise can't get a hold of. And um, they, they got some really cool stuff. And, you know, yeast makes the beer. It's nine, 95% of the flavor of beer is, is yeast-derived. Um, and professional brewers can get in on this, too. All you got to do is put a minimum order of one and a half liters through yeastman.com uh, or by contacting this customer service representative, and you get access to their unique specialty strains as well. Um I don't know if they want to mention this. No, they don't want to mention it. I won't, I won't say anything. Maybe I'll say something in the future. Yeah, yeah, No, I don't want to get in trouble. All right. Uh, so these one-of-a-kind strains at uh, uh, whitelabs.com slash the vault. So uh, check them out. Uh, good stuff in there. And uh, it's a cool way to get access to uh, hard-to-come-by yeasts without harvesting them yourself off the bathroom floor. All right. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, uh, multi-batching yep. into uh, into a fermenter and, and what that entails and why you do it and what, what sort of things to think about. 
Um, and you were just about to disclose to us. Oh, I was? Yeah. How, how you uh-huh. do it expertly at Heretic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were waiting well, for these gems of wisdom. The pearls I'm going to spew forth at this point. Yes. Um, well, we do a variety of things, and it just depends on the situation. So, um, you know, you were talking earlier about one of the benefits of growing yeast. You're starting with less yeast and then growing it. Um, Generally, once we have a pitch of yeast that we buy from White Labs up and running, uh, there's plenty of yeast to pitch a direct amount for whatever beer. So if we're going to do 120 barrels of uh, IPA, we have the yeast to pitch 120 barrels of IPA. But when we start a pitch... um, Let's say uh, we buy our new pitch of yeast, uh, and we want to brew something bigger than um, you know a single thirty-five barrel batch of beer. Um, if it's a single batch, we'll just pitch that yeast. We'll do the single batch, and generally we try and make it a lower gravity beer uh, that we start with. But uh, for example, uh, with our lager, um, we just restarted our lager yeast and. Um, we did a single batch with the with the lager yeast, and then the next day we brewed another uh, wort into that uh, fermenter, and um, did not add any uh, additional oxygen. Just transferred in in there and done, and that grew up, uh, you know, a sufficient amount of yeast because we needed sixty barrels of the beer. Uh, but we did not want to brew a 60-barrel batch off a new pitch of yeast. So we did the new pitch of yeast, 30 barrels the next day. Uh, all the growth had happened, and we, we did the, the second. So that was a case of adding wort a little later in fermentation, no extra yeast, no extra oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um, before 24 hours was up, but um, after you know 18 hours or whatever, we gave it plenty of time to, to do the growth. Yep. Um, other times we'll do multiple batches in. Like I said, we will um, be filling a 120-barrel fermenter, and we'll do it all in a day. So um, we'll pitch all the yeast at the very beginning. Um, and we get some growth in between as it's going, as you know, as it takes all day to, to fill up. Um, so we'll do that. There are other times when... For one reason or another, we're splitting our batches, you know, day to day, and we will do, um, say, two brews on one day and two brews on the following day. And in that case, again, we will um, just pitch the yeast for the two brews on the first day, and then, you know, we will or won't um, oxygenate the second, uh, the first of the two batches on the second day. Say, say that one again. So let's say um, it's four batches to fill a fermenter. And we're going to do two on one day and two on the following day. So on the first day, we will uh, oxygenate um, both batches. But we will pitch the first batch for the two. So we'll pitch for 60 barrels, let's say, okay. on for, for, at the first brew, and we will oxygenate both. Okay. Then we will wait for the second day, and then we could just run in the two uh, other batches on that day, or depending on the beer, maybe we oxygenate the very first one and not the second one. Okay. But we do not add any additional yeast. Almost always, you add the yeast for the day that you're brewing so however much wort you're going to produce that day that's the amount of yeast you you put in if it's going to be the following day then generally you don't add more yeast you don't add yeast for the entire fermenter let's say 120 barrel fermenter um you just add yeast for whatever is going to be that first uh first day of day of, of fermentation right 
All right. Now, it's interesting to compare that with uh, the recommendations that ABI made where um, you know, they're basically saying they either got the short, you know, get, them, get it all filled mm-hmm. in one day, mm-hmm. or uh, if, you can't, if you can't avoid going over multiple days or, you know, more than 24 hours, um, they say if long fill times can't be avoided, then aerate the tank instead of, the in, instead of using inline oxygenation mm-hmm. to aid in mixing. You know, to make sure you don't get stratification of the words. Mm-hmm. And they're saying don't add yeast to the first fill and always aerate the final fill. Um, again, this may be, you know, yeast strain dependent or at least a, well, a factor. Um, yeah, I think we might be mixing apples and oranges here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, all right. So if they're talking about... Um, yeah, one more one more time here. So, as far as stratification, again, I don't think anybody's dealing with as big a tanks as Imbev is dealing with, right? And so, and generally, you know, we knock out so fast um, that you know we're, we're we're pumping a barrel a minute. Um, it mixes pretty darn good. So I don't think that there's an issue there. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think a home brewer would have an issue with that. So I, right. I think you can ignore that one. Um, they're filling like every two hours. They're knocking out a new word. Right. right? So now you're saying if it goes past 24 hours. Well, so back up on that one again. Well, they, their recommendation was. Uh-huh. Um, long Don't put yeast in at the beginning. Yeah, right. If you're gonna, well, if long if, fill times can't be avoided, right. If it's gonna be more than 24 hours between fills, I think is what you're saying. Right. You're saying what, what they're considering long is more than 24. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and I, I would say the same thing. If it's gonna be more than 24 hours, you got to figure out something else to do. Yeah. I wouldn't. And, hold on to it you know again you can hold the word and we've done that too um uh where we i can't remember what happened but there was something that happened and we couldn't brew the subsequent batches so i just said well let's just hold it i had confidence in because everything's closed loop for us yeah and heat sanitized so i had confidence in holding the word um i try and avoid that in home brewing Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, you you just never go past twenty four hours. Yeah, I think that's the sub, the best recommendation there. Right, and I think that's essentially what we were saying too. Is yeah. well, if you're going to go past twenty four hours, or you know, you can hold it and then pitch your yeast later on when you yeah. get the the rest of the word in there. But then yeah. you should pitch the amount for the full thing. Right, and I guess they're saying add it with the last batch. Yeah, or, to, add, to do... Oh, now I get But always saying. aerate the final fill if you're going with right. that long time. Well, so and if you're going to do that, and you never add oxygen if you're not going to add yeast. So if you haven't added yeast, you're not going to add any oxygen. Right. Because right. Um, you're just going to oxidize your wort, yes. and you're not really going to do anything because the yeast isn't there to take up the oxygen. So... Don't oxygenate unless you've added yeast or are just about to add yeast. So that's right. part of their other recommendation, which yeah. that, that makes sense now. Okay. What else yeah. did they have to say? Um, that was essentially, that was that uh, that point. Um, then the kind of their final comment was, you know, uh, be mindful of uh, whether you know to not grow too much yeast um, in terms of how much yeast you're pitching to how much wort mm-hmm. and how much oxygen you're adding and so on because high growth you know high high yeast growth rate means a lot high byproducts mm-hmm. um, and so if you have very high cell counts um, that can lead you know right. to well, that means you're growing yeast instead of making beer, and it would also increase the risk of autolysis and off flavors. Right. Again, it has to do with um, 
you know what we talked about under pitching yeah um and trying to get the yeast to do too much and you know uh, also you know too much free amino nitrogen too much oxygen all this stuff uh, ends up with you know off flavor beer um right. forcing more growth than than you really should uh, let's do this. Let's take one last break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up with a couple of uh, uh, things for the homebrewer to do uh, to, to achieve this uh, right after this. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning. And the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications. With more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong. Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels. American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer. For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture. Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, their amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. to brew has never been so disgusting this is brew strong all right we're back uh if you get a chance check out adamandeve.com for uh, a great uh, offer if you use offer code jamel you are going to get uh, 50 percent off almost just about uh, any one item and uh, when you do, you get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Um, yeah, use the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com today. All right. Um, so let's wrap up here. Let's uh, okay. give people practical uh, information on what they should do. Uh, let's say you are a home brewer. You're brewing five gallons. You want to fill up a, a ten or fifteen or twenty gallon batch or fermenter. So, um, brew the first batch and pitch your yeast. That well, batch. that depends on your. Your fill times, your mm-hmm. how how quickly you can fill the whole fermenter. Mm-hmm. So number one is understand, you know, what your turnaround time is mm-hmm. in getting you know that fermenter full. Right. Okay. If if it's short time, then try to pitch all the yeast and aerate the whole right. wort at you, the end. If you can fill it all in the day, um, I'd pitch all the yeast at the beginning, and I would oxygenate every every batch. Yep. yep. Uh, if you're going to fill it, let's say, in 12 hours or whatever. Yep. If it's going to spread out to the next day, um, pitch as much yeast as you're going to get filled in 12, 12 hours. or 16 hours or whatever. Yeah. 
um, and then oxygenate that. And then the next day, just add the word in. Um, you may oxygenate it if it's a big beer. Yeah. Uh, because I always re- recommend uh, adding additional oxygen for anything over like 20 Play-Doh anyways. Um, so you might add that or not. Right. Yeah. 1075 and above, yeah, add a little more oxygen. Mm-hmm. Help, help out the growth mm-hmm. and nutrients. Oh, okay. Sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. And as always, uh, watch your uh, watch your sanitation. Watch your, your process because, uh, you know, it sucks to mess up five gallons. It sucks even worse to mess up 20 gallons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, watch you control your temperatures, you know, start low. Finish high, you know. Get the get a full diacetyl rest going. Mm-hmm. Um, get the get those bike products cleaned up. Um, you're probably going to produce more byproducts in a in a multiple fill slower, you know, slower multiple fill than you would um, all at once. Um, so be aware of that, and and you, know, you taste do do a diacetyl a forced diacetyl test. You know, check for diacetyl in your finished beer before you uh, start cooling. Make sure it's fully fermented. Uh, and you should be good. There you go. All right. I think that was uh, a worthwhile uh, show. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. I like the question. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Thank you, Philip, and uh, all the rest of you. If you're interested in sending in show ideas or questions for Q&A, just email them to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'll get those questions. We can't respond to all the questions we get uh, and and answer them via email, but we're happy to put them on the show, and uh, eventually we will. We've, We've done probably... Hundreds or maybe yeah. several hundred, uh, yeah, several hundred questions uh, that you've sent in. So uh, we enjoy it. It's actually one of the funner aspects of, of doing this show. So uh, please keep sending them in. And if you like to support this show, uh, make sure you uh, support our sponsors. Um, you know, email the people at Great Fermentations. Email uh, Blickman Engineering. Stop by Great Fermentations. Uh, get the uh, Brew Guru app. All that stuff goes and shows that you're listening and you actually support the people that are, are paying for the show so you don't have to. So uh, it's much appreciated. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong, everyone.